my love of yesteryear. The best old-time radio from people you trust. The Radio Nostalgia Network, where the oldies are still young. This is Paul Shannon bringing you another transcribed story of science produced as a public servant of a Hungarian doctor, Ignaz Philip Zemmelweis, who back before the days of the miracles of modern medicine, waged a lifelong battle for cleanliness and sterility in hospitals. Our story begins in Vienna in 1837 where young Zemmelweis has just come to study law. Free of parental restraint, the young man entered into the gay life of the city. One day, just for a lark, he joined a medical student, a friend, Felix, in witnessing an anatomy demonstration. Ah, my, how, how high this place is. What do you call it? You, you mustn't talk here. It's forbidden. This... This is our surgical theater. Ah, so this is the torture chamber where you fellas do your butchery. Oh, Ignatz, please, I, I beg you, don't talk. Well, the show, when does it begin? Presently, presently. Just sit here quietly in the back end and observe. Uh, that that fellow down there under the light with the frock coat and red beard, who is he? That is Dr. Krakauer, a very famous surgeon. Oh, see, what did I tell you? He is looking up here. And, and who's that lying on the table? The patient for the demonstration. Felix, is that... Isn't that a woman? Oh, was, you mean. But I, I don't understand. She's so young. So young. How did it happen? Childbed fever. Shh. Krakauer is ready to begin. Semmelweis, where are you going? Aren't you staying for the demonstration? <laughs> Zemmelweis had seen enough. In 1837, childbed fever was killing one out of five married women between the ages of 15 and 44. The young law student was so impressed by what he had seen that the very next day he wrote to his family in Budapest. I must confess to you, my dear parents, that I have no sincere interest in the study of law. My mind and heart, I fear, are unsuited for law courts and the haggling over legal contracts. Papa, does Ignat mean he no longer wishes to become a lawyer? Yeah, it looks that way, Mama. Oh, such a boy. Well, what does he want to do? If you will let me finish reading his letter, maybe I will find out. Uh, <clears throat> so, with your permission, my beloved parents, I should like to take up the study of medicine, particularly in the field of obstetrics, to which I should like to devote my life. Papa, is our Ignatz out of his mind? <laughs> Obstetric? Yeah, yeah, just not good. I told you, Mama, not to send him to Vienna. All that music and... It will go... In April 1844, young Dr. Zemmelweis, 
serious and devoted to his new profession, joined the notorious 1st Maternity Division of the Vienna General Hospital. Notorious? Yes. Because during his first month there, he saw 36 out of 208 mothers die of the dreaded childbed fever. He walked among these women, helpless, not knowing what to do. Doctor. Hi, doctor. Yeah, my good woman. What can I do for you? Here, drink. More. More. No, that's enough for now. Try to rest. The fever will go away soon. Don't worry, it will go away. But it didn't go away. During the next two years, 1844 to 1846, Dr. Zemmelweiss watched his female patients die, one by one, row after row in the hospital. He spent days, nights, in the autopsy laboratory, searching for a clue to the dreaded fever. And then, one day, while walking through the halls of the hospital, he accidentally bumped into an old friend. Felix! My old friend Felix, it's, it's good to see you. Zemmelweiss... Oh, uh, how are you? And how do you like being a doctor? Well, frankly, not much. Sometimes I feel that I should have continued with law. That is easier. No heartaches, no sleepless nights. But uh, what brings you here? Oh, bad news. I have just received word that my best friend, the pathologist, Kolechka... A very brilliant fellow. What about him? He, he died this morning. How? Blood poisoning. Some careless student was assisting him at an autopsy. The knife slipped and he cut Kolechka. Wait, Felix. You say a poison was transferred from a patient by a knife directly into Kolechka's blood. Exactly. Blood poison at an autopsy? Yes. What are you driving at, Semmelweis? This is most interesting, if this is true. But wait. I must see the report of Kolechka's post-mortem. And if this is true, if it is true... Zemmelweiss's fingers trembled as he read the report. Yes, the death of Kolechka was due to blood poisoning. In black and white, there it was. Blood poisoning. Yeah, the wound of the student's knife slip carried the invisible poison of the autopsy into Kolechka... So death is not generated always inside our bodies, but can sneak into us from outside. Perhaps the same is true of these dying mothers. The doctors come straight from autopsy rooms to the examining rooms. Perhaps we bring blood poison with us on our hands. Our dirty hands. They are the real murderers of these women. Long before Pasteur, long before Koch and Lister, Ignaz Philip Zemmelweis had stumbled on the cold fact that microbes, poisons from outside the body, can kill patients. Overnight, he became a fanatic about cleanliness, about washing the hands of all who had contact with sick patients. Doctor, doctor, please let me go home. Let me have my child at home. I will die here. I know it. Please, Dr. Semmelweis. Just have courage and rest. Oh, rest? 
can I rest when I know I shall die like all the others? How can I rest here, Doctor, when I'm all day reminded of death? That bell, the priest's bell. Dr. Schultz. Yeah, Dr. Semmelweis? Do me a favor. Ask the priest not to march through these wards with his death bell. Yeah, Dr. Semmelweis. And uh, Dr. Schultz, do these women a favor. Wash your hands before you come into the wards. Uh, my hands? Why, they're clean. Dr. Schultz, where were you before you made your rounds in number one clinic? Uh, not the me laboratory. So? We were performing an autopsy on the patient who died of fever. And from there, you came directly to this ward to examine these women. Isn't that so? I... Uh, Dr. Semmelweis, I object to your constant questions. You are not an attorney, nor am I a criminal. That remains to be seen. Did you wash your hands after you left that unfortunate woman in the autopsy? My hands are clean. See for yourself. On the surface, yes. But did it ever occur to you, Doctor, that even your hands may carry disease? The next day found Dr. Zemmelweis with the chief of the obstetrical staff, Dr. Klein. Zemmelweis, you are making a fetish of this cleanliness. Since when is death a fetish? But the causes of the fever are well known. Even the great Virchow will tell you that the fever is due to an invisible miasma. Bad air. Atmospheric cosmic telluric influences. That's what's killing these mothers. <laughs> Fancy words to hide ignorance. I tell you the fever is caused by dirty hands. Contaminated hands. If your interns would take the trouble of washing their hands with chlorine water, fewer women would die in your hospital. And how do you know, Herr Dr. Semmelweis? Because I have been gathering facts. Here in the hospital, we have two obstetrical clinics. In clinic number one, the mortality rate is 11.3%. And in clinic number two, the mortality rate is only 2.7%. Now, now listen to this. In clinic number one, the patients are examined by interns whose hands are contaminated in the autopsy laboratory. But in clinic number two, only midwives examine the patients. And midwives, as you well know, never go near the autopsy room. Therefore, I conclude, less contamination, fewer deaths. <laughs> A very pretty hypothesis proving nothing. And I reply... If you had eyes, you would find proof right under your very nose. Semmelweis, for a long time I've been thinking of discharging you for your attitude and insult. Yes, that would eliminate Semmelweis, but not the fever. Dr. Klein, my appointment here ends a year from now. Let me prove to you in that year that my hypothesis is correct. Whatever our personal differences, you are a scientist. Let me try my experiment. Let me wash the hands of your staff in clinic number one. The next morning, there was an unusual announcement in the hospital. All interns, nurses, orderlies, students, and yes, even the dignified doctors were ordered to assemble in clinic number one. These are the orders. I want the delivery room spotless, clean sheets, sterile clothing, Sterile sponges, antiseptic instruments. Do not come near a patient with dirty hands. I beseech you, implore you, wash your hands. Soap and water alone will not suffice. Soak your hands in a solution of chloride of lime. I, I will give you a demonstration. And so Semmelweis began. First he lathered his hands with soap excessively, then washing them in water over and over again. Then he plunged his hands into a basin of chlorine water. 
Here he washed and rinsed his hands so long that they turned red. The bored group looked on. At last, Semmelweis's hands became slippery. He holds them up to his nose. He sniffs. And then he nods. Now, my hands are clean. As simple as all that, Zimmerweiss washed the doctor's hands clean of death. In three weeks, after he insisted that everyone wash his hands, he reported to Dr. Klein. The mortality rate in clinic number one has dropped from 11.3 to only 3%. And at the end of the year, he reported... Mortality rate dropped from 3% to the all-time low in the Vienna lying in hospital of only a little over 1%. And in that same year, Herr Dr. Klein reported... Semmelweis, you are discharged. I have been expecting that, Dr. Klein, but I've proven my point. We know how to wipe out childbed fever. We have saved the lives of thousands of women. You are impetuous. You quarrel. You cannot take orders. Wrong again, Dr. Klein. I can take orders. Goodbye. But that wasn't the last the world heard of Dr. Zemmelweis. There came a day when he was proved correct, when his ideas were accepted and expanded to make possible the antiseptically clean, spotless hospital of today. But Ignaz Philip Zemmelweis saw little progress in this direction, for he became a victim of the very sickness he was trying to eradicate. While working on childbed fever, he died of the same septic infection. Later, Sir William J. Sinclair of the University of Manchester wrote these words. We deplore the martyrdom of Zemmelweis, but we can find some comfort in the reflection that he did not struggle in vain. The whole civilized world was soon to enjoy the fruits of his discovery. He shed the light of scientific progress on a region hitherto shrouded in the darkness of night. And that's today's Adventures in Research, produced in cooperation with the Westinghouse Research Laboratories. These programs are broadcast to Armed Forces personnel overseas through the facilities of the Armed Forces Radio Service. Join us again next week for another transcribed story of science on Adventures in Research. Adventures in Research.